girls, watch out for those weirdos. <laughs> we are the weirdos, Mr. This is Slashers, a horror movie podcast brought to you by two goons and one of the goons' wives who's stepping in for one of the goons. My name is Jake, and with me as sometimes, by popular demand, my wife. Hi, goons. There we go. Sorry. (laughs) I like to use the abbreviated version instead of Mutant Goons from Beyond, which is their official title. I'm not going to fact check you on that, but maybe do your research before you guest on a show. Aren't I doing you a favor? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are. (laughs) So here on Women in Horror Month, we have slashers becoming slashettes, and we are covering the movie The Craft. Wife, did you know anything about this movie until I accidentally started playing it last night? Uh, No, I I knew nothing about this movie. Yeah, neither did I. (laughs) I think we discussed, I think I watched part of it in a hotel room on vacation with my parents in the 90s. And that is the extent of my knowledge thereof. Uh, So when I went to put on the trailer, I accidentally put on the movie, and out of all the other options of empowering horror women things, this is what we ended up with. How fun. (laughs) It it was fun. Do you regret the decision at all? No. I mean, I'm... There were so many options, to my surprise. Like, you know, because I'm not very familiar with a horror genre. And so when you're like, all right, it's Women of Horror Month. Let's watch some horror films with women in it. Like, I started trying to run through them in my mind. And I only came up with, like, three. But there's actually quite a lot. So this one was definitely not on my radar at all. I don't even think I had heard of it before we started watching it, but it was good. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's one of the weird things about horror is that it's simultaneously super regressive and progressive in the sense that, like, you have a lot of women who are used, but then arguably they're used because men view them as delicate creatures. Right, right. And then there's also obviously the sexploitation, big-tittied, 50-foot monster women, but... Yes. I think that they do a good job of having women. I wish that the industry matched the creative nature because like in this movie, it was written by men, it was directed by men, and it just happened to star teenage girls. Right. Who were probably in their 30s when they made this. One of them was 30. Which one? Um, I can't... Was it Rochelle? Yeah, I think uh. it was. So uh, the movie comes out. Let's make sure I got my dates right. Five three ninety six. So we're going to get into the statistics of the film, if you don't mind. Movies made on a budget of $15 million ends up grossing $55.7 million worldwide. A complete surprise of a hit, and I'm shocked <laughs> didn't yield like 10 sequels. I am glad, though, it did not. Like, I felt that this was a movie, like, that was complete by itself. Self-sustained or contained. Yeah. Yeah. And so the competition that it had the weekend it came out was The Great White Hype, The Last Dance, The Pallbearer, which features Ross from Friends to show you how long ago that was, and most notably Barbed Wire with Pamela Anderson. But I gotta tell you, holding strong at number seven that weekend in its ninth weekend at the box office was The Bird Gauge, one of my personal <laughs> favorite movies of all time. <laughs> 
She worked hard for the money. (laughs) So the movie uh, ends up being 101 minutes long. Was it breezy? Was it easy? How'd you feel about it? Um, I thought, I thought it was, I kept my attention the entire time. I didn't feel like there was a lull like I did when we were watching our last movie together, uh, Mimic. So I didn't, I thought that was a good runtime. Yeah. I don't think that there were any parts that were like distracting in that sense. Like there were a couple parts where the little peaks and valleys of their friendship got a little tedious, but I think that that's I think it's supposed to kind of be of that nature where mm-hmm. it's teenage girls can't get along. They do get along. One minute they hate each other, the next minute they get along. You know, I'm very interested to see as we get in how you feel about their dynamic because you have two female friends that I'm aware of. <laughs> and I just you don't seem to have any tolerance for these types of people. Given your limited experience with fellow females, Did you think that this was an organic, natural kind of relationship, or did you have frustrations? How'd that go? I was rooting for them, I think, a little bit just because of, you know, relating to my own high school experience. Uh, You know, like, everyone had that awkward stage where they were trying to figure out where they fit in, and so Sarah finds, like, her group uh, in these girls, and then I, I'm like, okay, great. Like, they're all going to support each other and and be kind to each other. And then it just does not turn out that way. And I was just like, oh, kind of a little disappointed. You know, and then also very proud of her at the end when I don't want to give, give it away. But basically, ahead, like, she, <laughs> but she's just like, no, screw you guys. I'm, I'm not going to be your friends. Like, this isn't, we're done. Yeah, you made a point which last is, night. I, which I... And like, that's where I am like, yeah, because I just don't do drama. So I'm just like, okay, we don't need to be friends. Like that, that's okay. I I don't, I don't need this. Right. Well, yeah, I think that it was very interesting because it seemed like you were making a value judgment of the horror genre after we finished the movie. You're like, I'm still getting used to horror. I don't understand why they don't just get along and work together. And I was like, (laughs) that's not that kind of movie. This isn't a, a, a post you know, was after school special where they're sitting there singing Kumbaya and doing crafts, is, even though it's called The Craft. That's what it is. It's called The Craft, and you thought it was going to be like a Martha Stewart, let's collaborate, <laughs> pull out the Mod Pods, and let's go to Hobby Lobby. There you go. But in actuality, it was about the occult, so sorry. No, I, I felt like, you know, just from the movies that that I watch on normally, um, you want things to work out nicely, right? You want them to be supportive of each other. And I just keep on forgetting that it's like, it's a horror movie. So things aren't going to work out. Like things aren't going to be nice. It's not going to be wrapped up nicely. And I just, it's something I have to get used to. Which is, I think, very understandable. And uh, I think now it's time, better than any, to get into our segment, Nicknames. For those of you who are still getting used to the hockey gimmick, we always do nicknames because God forbid we call a character by their actor's name <laughs> or their character's name. I can't be bothered. So we have Feruza Bulk, Faruka Salt, who plays Nancy. Clearly, we have to call her Vicky Valancourt from The Waterboy, right? She let me touch her boobies and I like <laughs> them too. No good. You can you get veto power. So I want to make sure you said you've actually seen The Waterboy, which shocked me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I like that one. 
Just when you said Faruka salt or whatever, like, I just thought of uh, Willy Wonka because the girl's name in that movie is Veruca Salt, yeah, which so, is what I was referencing. Right. I know. But that's why <laughs> I, I thought you were going there. Um, and so, but we can do Waterboy or what are we calling her? We'll call her Veruca Salt. I feel okay. that's more in your wheelhouse. And this is Women in Horror Month, so I should be <laughs> accommodating you. <laughs> Next, we have the star, ostensibly, of the film, Robin Tooney, who plays Sarah. Is it Tune or Tooney? Uh, I don't know, but now I want to make a joke. (laughs) What's the difference between the star of this movie and a fish? You can tune a piano, but you can't... Ah, I think I fucked it up. (laughs) Anyway, um, she's Kristen Stewart. She acts about as well. She looks surprisingly (laughs) similar. Like, I think I even mentioned to you, she looks like the little girl from the Gilmore Girls mixed with Kristen Stewart got hit in the face with a ton of Botox. What do you think? Do you have a better nickname? I do not. Oh, I no. could just, we could just call her Twilight. How about that? Oh, okay. Simple. Simple. Yep. Rachel True is Rochelle, the 30-year-old. So you want to just call her Old Lady Pants? That old lady. Old lady. Uh, next, we have Nev Campbell as Bonnie. Uh, it's I think it'd be trite to call her Sydney. So, what do you think? Something a little bit more creative? How about The Rock's wife from the movie Skyscraper, which we didn't see? Is that too long? Yeah, I think it's a little too long. Yeah. Uh, how about... I can't remember really anything else that I saw her in. Scream. I know that's her name in Scream, but I... <laughs> I just... <laughs> oh, you're saying Scream right is the nickname. Yes. Not... Okay, I thought you were like, Scream, I got that reference, and I was like... Wow, we've watched that movie together. So. <laughs> no, no. I would just prefer it to be Scream. I think that's more... Well, Scream's fine. I work with that. Scream's good. And then really there's only one other character I think needs a name, which is Christine Taylor, who is Laura Lizzie, uh, a.k.a. Ben Stiller's wife, a.k.a. Jan Brady, a.k.a. bisexual lady from Dodgeball. What do you think? Just Jan. She doesn't really need a nickname. We could just call her the white supremacist and move on. Yeah, I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, I don't feel like she deserves a nickname. So before we get too far into the movie, uh, the slay-by-play, if you will, I want to present you with a theme for going through this movie. I think that we should draw the comparisons with J.K. Rowling's work and the movie Hocus Pocus. Hmm. Hocus Pocus came out about three years before. It came out July 16th, 1993, which makes no butt-fucking sense to me because it's a Halloween movie, but whatever. So the reason being, uh, I think there's actually a fair amount of similarities. I'm not saying that J.K. Rowling ripped this movie off, but you could easily see how a young single mother would be, you know, inspired by this kind of work, or it's just happenstance. And also I think it's funny to compare it to Hocus Pocus. Some of the similarities that I saw before we even get started. Magic, kid going to a new school, conjuring snakes, kid with dead parents, moving pictures, and then with Hocus Pocus, kid at a new school, and three evil witches, but two are somewhat dim-witted. Yeah. So, we can go in from there. Did you notice anything? I, I completely blindsided you with this idea, but I think that it's kind of a wrinkle to the milieu of slashers. Um, I'm trying to think of... I think you got all the the J.K. Rowling uh, similarities. Um, but I was trying to think of Hocus Pocus. Um, I mean, there's kind of like asshole guys that goof yeah. around in that movie. With the, with the center party yes. hair. Yeah. The guy that steals the shoes. 
was it Vanilla Cool Ice? What's yes. His name? I don't remember what his name was, but that guy. Mm-hmm. The shoe thief. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like the guy who says, uh, she's going to cry and then I'm going to cry. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the whole movie because it was so stupid. And that guy's in, he's in road trip for Christ's sake. <laughs> and it like I've never seen someone who has such limited range as an actor. Oh, God. But not in a negative way. I mean, it, in a the quintessence of the 90s, it fits in that yes. one decade. And then the next decade, it's like, no, no good. Yeah. 2000 hit and the ball dropped. Y2K started and he was the one like machine that went rogue. But you want to think it's time to start the slay by play? Absolutely. Okay. So you want to start us off on the point by point description of what happens we can trade off it's fine no pressure just trying to involve you i feel like i talk a lot i have to edit these episodes so i'm very conscious of how much i talk <laughs> um well the movie opens at lax you see uh a very iconic building in the background i believe uh, it's called like the theme i don't want to fact check you but isn't there a little scene under the gazebo before we oh, get there oh yes yeah because i had to watch sorry it yeah. That's right. You did make me watch that twice. <laughs> yeah, because that's when we realized that it wasn't the trailer because it just cut so quickly. I, I think was like, that's oh. why, because then the played like it seemed very out of order because then the like credits, I mean, the f- beginning credits rolled. And then I just am like, that's why I forgot about it. Yeah. And it's under a gazebo. Like, how mystical can you be under a gazebo? That's weird. OK, and- so you tell what happened and then. I just, I, my notes say, open on three girls doing seance under a gazebo. And then I, I actually had to pull the quote because I thought it was stupid. Now is the time. This is the hour. Ours is the magic. Ours is the power. Now is the time. This is the hour. Ours is the magic. No good? Okay. Well, you get the point. And um, yeah, the women's march just happened. I wonder if there was anybody who tried to start that chant because I feel like that kind of works. But yeah. under a gazebo, it's not as cool. No. No. So then you were at LAX, like you said. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> There's the building that looks like Deep Space Nine, if you've ever seen Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And it's raining. And you see Sarah, which we call her Twilight. That's right. But the way you just said Sarah makes me think of uh, David Bowie from The Labyrinth. Turn back, Sarah. So- <laughs> That's I'm so easily distracted, especially after work. So are we going to have to call her Labyrinth now? Oh, she does not deserve it. <laughs> Do not. Before my first, my, my true love is you, but my first love is Jennifer Connelly <laughs> in the movie Labyrinth. So. So you see her standing outside the, like a taxi with her dad and what we find out to be her stepmom. And they're like packing themselves up with all their luggage, right? To go into the great unknown of LA. Oh shit. In the nineties. Yes. <laughs> So then they go and they get to this house, which is a beautiful, like, Spanish-style home with uh, lots of, like, bougainvillea on it. It's a beautiful home. Oh. Um, but then they go inside. I would suck a major yeah. dick to live in a house that nice. <laughs> I will tell you plainly. And then they go inside and, like, it's leaking. So, I mean, it looks nice on the outside, but, you know, it needs a little work. But whatever. Oh, and then there was something on the drive-in. I didn't see it, but you saw it. There's a snake on the road. Oh, Yeah. In the raining. trees. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so, like, that kind of plays into, like, the whole, I guess, occult theme throughout the movie of, like, 
the nature and, you know, because there's lots of snakes and things like that. And I was just going to get to. They're inside. They're putting everything together. And Sarah is in the front room by the front door. Yeah. So she she just puts the picture of her mom as the only thing she unpacks. And then it's kind of, there's a little sweet moment. I don't know if it struck to you, but she jumps down a couple of the stairs and it's very juvenile and it's sweet. And then immediately crazy homeless guy carrying a snake walks through the threshold and you're like, yeah. And he's just like, I found this out back. You want it? (laughs) And then he's like yelling at her to relax. Like I would love so greatly if I was better at video effects, I would just put a Frankie says relax shirt on the guy and just have him holding the snake because she naturally gets freaked the fuck out. Because he's a very unkept man. Like, it's not like a, like a, oh, hey, now, howdy now, neighbor, you know, like. (laughs) Welcome to the neighborhood. Right. It's just like, oh, you are a scary man. Yeah. You you want a character with like a beehive haircut holding a casserole, not a guy with five o'clock shadow holding a snake and piss pants. Exactly. So dad runs him off. Yeah. And then the dude runs and leaves his homie the snake behind. Yes. And then dad uses a fire poker to kill the snake. Yes. Okay. So am I getting too meta or was that the phallus? Killing the phallus with a phallus. This is a women empowerment movie, so we're we're going deep levels of PP cutteroffery. No, no. Okay, I, I went too but far. But I appreciate where where your mind is going. I gotta try. You know, IMDb trivia on this movie not that great. <laughs> so she arrives at school. She's the only girl without a uniform. Did you feel like that was kind of like the nightmare of showing up to school in your underpants? Or did you? I thought maybe she did it on purpose, like. Kind of like, oh, it could be the cool kid, you know, like. I think he makes like an offhanded remark about like. Oh, you the don't dad. Have to, yeah, your uniform's not ready. You don't have to be here yet. And she's like, no, I'm just going to do it. So maybe to a degree, the fact that she's balderdash about it, to your point, is like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm cool. And then it doesn't really work. Yeah. So when we're doing the introductions with Bonnie, Nancy, and Rochelle, they refer to the almanac and there's a period joke. How yeah. excellent is that? That was interesting. There are some very like offhanded jokes throughout this whole movie where I was like, whoa, that was interesting. I think it was just very 90s humor. Well, did, do girls make period jokes or do guys think girls make period jokes? So when they write movies about teen girls, they put in period jokes. Oh, for sure. The latter. Like they think that we make period jokes. I don't think that we actually do make period jokes. I could just imagine you and your friends at fast food being like, I'm out of ketchup. (laughs) Like, that's not happening. No. So we go on. Here's the great exclamation. So I I play a game when I watch movies with my wife now uh, where I take notes on the things that she shouts out. Oh, God. She has a noose. (laughs) But she leaves her locker open? That's the series of events. So Nancy, uh, Vicky Valancourt, whatever the other name was that we picked, has a noose in her locker and then just leaves it unlocked. Weird. Yeah. It was very bizarre. I'm like, what? Was-? I mean, maybe it's because they're at a private school. I mean, I never went to a private school, so maybe they're just that trustworthy. Like, Or maybe she just realized that she doesn't have anything, and so she's like, whatever. Or she's just so starved for attention that she's hoping a teacher passes by and sees the noose and is like, we need to have a sit down. We need to talk <laughs> about our feelings. That's true, too. Um, you know, kids do that. There's the great line, what is that snatch over there saying about me? Have you ever heard a high school student say snatch without referring to Brad Pitt? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, that was a good one, too. 
Uh, then we go to French class, and the kid says, this is L.A., we should be learning Mexican. <laughs> wow. And then they also make, like, the, just the annoying, you know, like, I felt like they make they made the guys in this movie. Chuds. Yes. Yeah. To, like, the nth degree. Like, they took it up, like, too far. You know, like, they took the typical, of like, male in high school and then just made it, like, blatantly obvious. But maybe, I don't know, maybe guys do make jokes. Because the guy in French, right, the professor starts speaking French to the class because they're in French class. And he says something like... Got laid or something yeah, like that? And I was just like, really? I feel like that scene could have been funnier with French subtitles. Like, if you had, like, the smarmy little teacher who is, like, act what he's actually saying. And right. Making the kid look dumber. Right. Because we're not really in on the joke if we don't speak French. Exactly. And But then that's how you get to show that, like, Sarah's super genius, super cool to herself because she, like... Parlez-vous français in the back, and I'm so ha ha. And yeah. then French guy, professor guy's like, ah, she's sarcastic. I love her. Let's be France. And then he never shows up in the rest of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Nor does she ever use French again. So. Yeah, and that does not have any bearing <laughs> on it. I thought for sure they're going to be ordering escargot or something later on. Nope. Nah. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> so while in French class, she. Uh, Sarah's in the back, right, listening to this whole exchange, and we see our first special effect, where she is holding a pencil with the point down, and she takes her hands away, and it is balancing there, and then it starts rotating. That's the thing. It's the rotating that does it. Because I'm seeing all these videos of these little kids, like, stacking salt shakers and stuff at restaurants, and it just gives me anxiety, and I feel stupid and old because I can't do stuff like that. So the balancing, not that impressed. The spinning without touching it, that's dope. It was. And then who do we see, like, watching her? Who is it? Bonnie. Oh, Scream. yeah, Bonnie. Sorry. And she hisses at it. Yeah, very weird. I was like, what the... F-? She never hisses any other time of the movie either. So like, If that was her gimmick, because, you know, she's kind of, you know... Weird and hunched and hidden, and you know, I can imagine kind of the Nosferatu, but in this, she's just we. I was just an odd scene, but and do you think that she was doing it because she was like mad that she couldn't do it, or do you think that she was just like, why, why do you think she had that reaction? I have no fucking idea, and I like because I was trying to think, like, was she upset? Was she? Like, it was that her, instead of gasping, she hisses? Or <laughs> or does she have, like, a wheezing thing along with her genetic scarring or something? I don't know. I don't. I had no idea. Not so cool. I wanted to know your take I, on that. I couldn't figure it out. And it, that was one of the things where I, I tend to overthink things in the movie. If I wasn't taking notes on the next scene, all I would have done is ruminate on why she hissed. Yeah. So that was weird. We end up going Skeet Ulrich. The guy from Scream who plays Billy. Yes. uh, Who looks fucking 40 in this movie. (laughs) And, like, this guy is amazing. Like, he makes me so mad. Because I was a weird horror kid who, like, kept it under wraps when talking to girls. In Scream, he says, "I uh, I was watching The Exorcist and it made me think of you. And in this movie, he compliments the size and shape of Sarah's head. As if he's, like, a phrenologist. And, like, what the fuck? And girls are still about it. But anyway, he calls them the bitches of Eastwick and invites Sarah to his bullshit uh, hockey... Hockey. Hi. You want Football. it to be hockey. I want it to be hockey so bad. <laughs> and then they're after Not school. Not all sports can be hockey. They, they can't. And they should be. 
the Super Bowl is on my mind, and I am just lamenting that we have to waste 17 hours to watch whatever this bullshit is. Uh, but anyway, I digress. We move on, and it's football pra- foosball practice, to take another <laughs> term from the water boy. Yeah. And it's Skeetal Rich wearing shoulder pads, but a full school uniform and no helmet. And I can't tell if this is the laziest fucking costume person in the world or if they needed to have his face showing because they couldn't give Chris a last name or his contract said he needed a certain amount of face time. Do you have a theory there? I don't know. It was very weird. I get like sometimes like, you know, in sports they have like practices like, ah, shirts versus skins, but not in football. Mm -mm. Like, especially if you're practicing tackling, that can't be safe. Yeah. But, you know, it was before the whole CTE. Yeah. Before Will Smith played the guy. Remember that movie? Right. The one time that Will Smith was in a dramatic movie that didn't make me want to cry this decade. Oh, yeah. Uh, So then we have Nancy, Vicky Valancourt, comes over and she says that uh, our, our homeboy Chris spreads disease and she says, take it from me. Ugh. Ugh. What? Ugh. Like, it's so weird. Right. And I was thinking, like, okay, so are they trying to say that she was once cool, but then, like, this whole thing, like, was there a rumor or was it, you know, like, did she just have a bad experience? And then she just went, it fell into this, like, awkward, you know. I, that's my That's my theory is that what they're implying is that Nancy used to just be a normie. And then it's Chris is the fulcrum, like the center point of all of her angst at Mm. school, at least. And he spreads rumors about Sarah. I think that he did the same thing about Nancy. Because later on, getting to the party, he talks about her biting his dick off. And I think that might be one of the rumors he spread because she's so obsessed with this guy. And I don't think that at first, upon just viewing it and turning it off, I was like, oh, it's a status thing between her and Nancy. And then I was like, no, nah, I feel like independent of Nancy, she still has that edge. So my theory is that he is the reason that she's off wearing a dog's choker collar okay. at school. Do you agree? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. Moving on. They start going down Rodeo Drive or wherever some bullshit to go shopping after they bail on football practice. Uh, the girls. Yes. And they come. So first off, Sarah has a weird walk and that was distracting. And then they see the scar on her wrist. And this is something that drove me fucking nuts. (laughs) They even comment that she slit her wrist the right way, which is to go down the road, not across the street, which Uh, is. uh But later on in the movie, Nancy slits her wrists the wrong way. Are you kidding me here? This cannot be allowed to happen. So you take over from here because I think I need to take a minute to breathe. Oh, goodness. Okay. So they go into the shop, mm-hmm. right? And they're looking at all the, like, Wiccan things. And the girls are like, oh, just, you know, just stick it in your purse. Like, you know, we're just going to steal it. She's like, and Sarah says, no, like, We can pay for these things. And so that was interesting. I think that was her first kind of conflict with the girls, other than like social, you know, but like while she's in the group, this conflict of like, we don't have to do these things. I think it also shows that she's within and without. Like, yes, she's part of their little posse, but at the same point, she's never fully part of the posse. Right. Yeah, that's true. 
so they get all the things right and and the shop owner as they're shopping like takes her aside right and gives her a book the craft right um, I was gonna fuck with you about this and I was gonna be like did oh, you know no. that this is based on a book it's the one that the shopkeeper gives Sarah <laughs> <laughs> um then so anyway she buys the stuff. anyway when you have Bonnie confronted with Sarah when it's oh yeah we can pay for this I took that as foreshadowing like you know you hear the expression there's no such thing as a free lunch like, you always have like, everything has a price huh? and it seems like all the other girls are have this like kind of nihilistic attitude of whatever whatever comes comes i don't have any sense of consequence and sarah immediately this show is very differently than everybody else like things have a price and i'm willing to pay that price i like it Uh, and then this is the first time we get reference to manon right have you seen my note that i have in our google docs for those of you who don't know i've given up my 12 pages of legal pad for a google document with my wife (laughs) say it Say it. You, I know you can read it. No. Do it. Here, you just, you just do, be like... do the first two and then I'll do the rest of it. I would rather do the second part. Okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll play your game. Manon, Manon. <laughs> do, 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 do. Manon, Manon. Do, 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 do. Manon, Manon. So much better, right? <laughs> Who gives a shit about this god creature? They actually do a very fair job of describing the consequence of Manon, but we'll get into that later. I've already jumped way too far ahead too many times. <laughs> so then we get the reappearance of your homeboy, Mr. Pissy Snake. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so funny because, like, everyone has... Everyone that comes to L.A., well, she's from... We forgot to... I guess we forgot to mention that Sarah moves from San Francisco. So you would think that she would be, like, used to bums and you know but their bums are like a different breed yeah, they have fucking health care and stuff that's true i'm just kind of glad that we don't beat us over the head with the fact that she's not from around here by wearing like a giant shirt or something <laughs> and she doesn't like have that temper tantrum like the kid in uh hocus pocus was like god i wish i was back in chicago even oh. though i have a fucking lighthouse for yeah. a room that was a badass one. fuck that kid anyway so i'm still jealous i'm 31 <laughs> years old i make decent money and I am jealous of a child in a fictional movie. <laughs> so anyway, so they're walking down the street and they all tell her like, okay, we're not going to stop. You're not going to give anybody money, you know. And lo and behold, of course, she gets stopped. People ask her for money. And I'm just like, okay, this is appropriate, like, portrayal of L.A. Yep. It is not nice. It's not glamorous. It is terrible. Like, it, it smells like pee. People are pissing on the street and just... I had literally almost stepped into shit on the street oh, walking yeah. through L.A. I probably and did. It, it's just, it's not cute. And I, every time when people are like, oh, yeah, I want to go to L.A., you know, when they come to visit yeah. California, I'm like, don't. Yeah, there's, there's a reason. There's so much more that you could do. Rental cars in L.A. don't have convertibles because they don't want you to hit in the face the used diaper oh, and a God. condom. <laughs> it's just so gross and smells so bad. I'm pretty sure I got my first tattoo right next to where they were filming that. And I was like, oh, no. yep, really? I remember vividly. <laughs> yeah, I think I told you this story. And maybe I've said it on the podcast. I don't think I've said it on the podcast. So bear with me. Slight detour. One of the crowning achievements of my life is I was singing the song Night Train by Guns N' Roses to my friends who didn't know that that's the best Guns N' Roses song. Mm. Objectively, I can prove it with science. It's the best Guns N' Roses song. And I'm singing it, and a dude 
appears out of nowhere. Like, like the snake man. I mean, he apparates in front of me. <laughs> wow. And he has a heroin needle dangling oh, from his arm. And he sings with me. We do a duet of the entire song. His little needle bobbing to the beat of the song in his arm. We finish. He looks up at me and says, hey, man, you got a cigarette? And I say, no, I don't smoke, but you have one behind your ear. He pulls it out, lights it up, and walks away. That is L.A. to me. That is the quintessence (laughs) of L.A. to me. So we can move on. That was a detour, I know. But I think that kind of, for those of you who are out of towners who think, oh, it's so glamorous, it's so radical. No, it is not. You are wrong. It smells like pee. (laughs) So then... Right. She's being confronted by this man with a snake again. And something amazing happens. Your favorite part favorite of the movie? part of the whole movie, I think. Which shows me that you are changing. <laughs> I, like, I, I played the long... Everybody wants to think, like, that women can change men and it's Beauty and the Beast. But sometimes the Beast cons the beauty into, like, growing fangs and letting her leg hair grow out to be a little little beastly. So oh, what gosh. happens then? So then the girls, like, use their magical powers. Do you... Okay, sorry to interrupt my own thought. Do you think it, that it was just... Thank you for apologizing to me <laughs> for interrupting your thought. Do go on. Uh, do you think that it was just Sarah at that point that was using, like, her own inner... It was all of them. Yeah, for sure. For okay. those of you who can't see, I'm violently shaking my head no, because they're all, like, taking credit for it. And, like, is it a graveyard where they're all sitting in, like, that field where there's homeless people behind them? Yeah, also, that was very bizarre. Not not cool. Yeah. Maybe it was behind um, What's-Her-Face's trailer. There you go. Nancy. Yeah. Vicky Valancourt. So, maybe that's, that's the only explanation I could think why they would be in that, in a field with random dirty couches and being okay sitting on them i'd be like why are we sitting here mm-hmm, there's a coffee house right down the street that's Let's how you get hpv there. i don't even know sitting on dirty needles and stuff not happening so anyway so she i guess the girls it. are all using their power yeah right right and the dude gets run over by a, a reindeer a, no okay by a by bro truck. truck it is the biggest bro truck too right but you see like not only him getting hit, but then him being like ran over by the Crushed. car. Yeah. <laughs> I love dummy work. I mean, as a fan, going back to like old, like I think in Police Story, there's some good ones. There's a few Jackie Chan movies that have them that I'm just enamored with. So I love a good dummy. And that one is great. It gets crushed and the way yeah. it whips violently yes, forward. That was so good. I really wonder how many dummies they put to use in that. I don't know. But it was good. And you, worth it. I don't, whatever, however many it was, it was worth it. Yeah, you got giddy and I was very aroused. (laughs) So anyway, like you said, they go back to this field like afterwards and they're all bragging to each other about what just happened. And then we really find out more about uh, Manon. Manon. (laughs) And so it's, they're saying that it's like, it's older than God. Right? It is... It's hipster God. Yeah. It was God before God was God. (laughs) But they compare... It's like God and the devil. So it's like, it's all consuming. Everything. Yeah. And then they say, if God and the devil were playing football, appropriate for Super Bowl weekend, Maman would be the stadium they played in. Is it Maman or Manon? Manon Anon. (laughs) 
I don't care. I looked up the box office. I can't be bothered to look up Wiccan bullshit. I did I ever tell you about the time that I went to a Wiccan party in no. undergrad? No. Oh, oh, so good. It I have a, heard the needle story, but not this one. Oh yeah, there there was a Yule log party, and I was the only straight man there. And I think some memory serves right that I'm wearing like a hardcore band shirt and jeans. And everybody else is wearing, like, flowy tie-dye bullshit and beads and everything. And they're, they they start a chant at one point. And I was so amazingly out of place. But... How did you end up at this party? I don't fucking remember. I think maybe it was a friend that I had or that I was invited. I think what it was is that I was invited and I don't think anybody expected me to go. And so I was that, that antagonistic where I was like, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to show you. So yeah, if you ever get the I chance, play the game. yeah, for sure. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to placate you with this false invitation <laughs> bullshit. So speaking of like Wiccan culture, one of the actresses, what is actually was like actually practicing a practicing Wiccan, Veruca Salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they would ask her, like they consulted her, I guess, during the movie as to like was it was it appropriate? You know, was it was it. Were they, like, stepping on anyone's toes? And then she gave them, like, phone numbers of people to contact as well, like, about the Wiccan culture. So this apparently it's pretty accurate as to what they actually do. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was... they didn't have a Yule log. That's my very narrow perspective. So I don't know how <laughs> accurate it was. But I love that they then go... They ask, have you ever heard of invoking the spirit? And I, my immediate thought was, it seems very self-descriptive. It's not like it has some weird name like Samoan or whatever. It's invoking the spirit. I'm like, I would guess, venture to guess, that that involves the invocation of, of a, a spirit. spirit. <laughs> that is a very abrupt cut. And I felt like we lost a lot of time, but apparently it's not that much time. But I liked that they did that because, like I said, that could have dragged on a lot. But I felt like this, like it kept the movie going. Yeah. So this is where we have Sarah having her head examined on the roof, drinking beers with Skeet. And she's in a uniform to show that some some degree of time has passed. Right. And that was super weird. Mm -hmm. If I was on a date and some guy was like, I love the shape of your head. I would have been like, nope, see ya. That's why I keep those thoughts to myself. But I do love the shape of your head. Thank you. I'm glad that you did. You talked a lot on our first date, but I'm glad that was not one of the things that you said. (laughs) Mm. I've already told two deep life stories. I'm not going to go into the third about (laughs) that first date. Okay, good. (laughs) So then we cut to, oh yeah. So then he's like, nobody's back home. Want me to fuck you? And she's like, no. And he's like, I'm not mad. But But then he is mad because he tells everyone the next day that they did sleep together and she was the worst. The worst lay. If somebody had said that you were the worst lay in high school, would that be bad? Or would you just be like, no, I wasn't? I don't think it was even worth mentioning. Like, I I don't think people would have been like, they would have thought anything about it. It just seems like, I don't know. But I, I guess. But that's like another movie. Tr- I guess that's like a very 90s. Because I remember watching movies where this is like not the first time this has happened. Like, the, the rumors have been spread about, you know. The booty. Yeah. So anyway, we move on. Ben Stiller's wife is a mean judgy girl uh, she goes a little bit crazy uh with rochelle not at this point but later on this is well yeah she, this is where she yells shark right and the girl like botches the dive and then 
Yeah, and then we see them back in the locker room, and she's a racist. Like, hardcore racist. She, says, she like, talks about her hairs being pubes. Yeah. And then she uses an N-word that ended in a way that was actually kind of worse. Yes. Than the hard R. She uses eroids because I'm not going to say the whole thing. And I was like, Jesus, why does it sound worse? That it was very disconcerting. Yeah, and it's it's very weird when she gets her comeuppance. But anyway, that's an establishing scene, and then we're moving on. But I like that she's reversing expectations. Like I feel like the reason that this racist is upset is because this black girl is swimming, and that's that whole joke <laughs> about that they can't. She's already the one percent, if not less, of people of color at this school, right? Right. And she like, picks the one thing. That has a negative racial stereotype with it. So I feel like that's like antagonizing little Miss Racist Pants. And the fact that she, I think that we find out like she's actually better than her. Like we see her actually oh. diving at the when end. When she nails know? that dive, yeah, I was like, like, fuck yeah. You know, girl? Hell yeah. Fuck that white bitch. <laughs> Down with whites. <laughs> so- You're the only white person I like. Did I ever tell you that? <laughs> oh, thanks, Sunny. You're welcome. What about her daughter? She's okay. <laughs> so then we go to, like, the next girl, right? Bonnie. And she's doing her gene therapy? Yeah. I, was that even a thing in the 90s? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's so <laughs> She has... So they always refer to them as scars. I don't know if it's a burn scar or if it's genetic. If it's genetic, it's very conveniently placed. Where it's only Just on, on her, her back. Yeah, I'm lucky like, her. Mm. It's like that bullshit with that Ready Player One movie where the girl has the birthmark and they're like, oh my God, she's the hideous monster. And I was like, bitch, do you know what concealer is? Like just <laughs> a little bit and you're fine. So I don't know what it is. But then they use, a, I can only assume it's a sewing machine to inject her with stuff because it's clearly not a tattoo needle. It's very No, weird. it was like thick, right? Yeah, but it's like one, Oh yeah, two. two. Right, and right, I was right. Just, it's no good, but whatever. She gets stabbed, and then there's a scream, and then there's lightning. But it seems like it's very weird, because it, it almost implies like her mom is putting her up to having the gene therapy, but at the same point, she's super self-conscious, and all she wants is to be pretty. So I don't know. I got kind of conflicting messages there. Like, almost I thought like, that her mom was there just to like, support her. Okay. But then she was also conflicted because she saw how much pain she was in. Right. Okay. It seemed like their roles almost switched back and forth a couple times. Because mm-hmm. at first I got the vibe of like pageant mom and then it kind of changed. We then go to the dream of the suicide attempt. She drops a glass in slow motion, which I Who's took. Who's suicide? I think we need to oh, establish Sarah, that. Oh, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. Twilight. Yes. She drops the glass, and I thought that that was a reference to Citizen Kane, and I think I'm giving this movie way too much credit. Oh, I would not know, so... Just say yeah. Just say, Jake, you're a great film critic. (laughs) This is riveting. You put so much thought into a movie that you are the wrong demographic for. (laughs) I'm a 30-something man, not a tween girl, but continue. (laughs) Yes, so that... And then we go to Nancy Mm -hmm. at her trailer... Yeah, and once right. you get to the trailer, I clearly think that, like, her name is an homage to Sid and Nancy from Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols. Like, just, like, this dirty, sad life. But continue. Oh, another reference. Good one. You don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> the Sex Pistols are a bad band. That's all you need to know. Okay. And if you disagree, message us at slasherspod at gmail.com, and I will prove you fucking wrong. <laughs> So then you see the mom, like, obviously the super skeezy, like, mm-hmm. home life, 
the mom is smoking and, you know, then you see the stepdad or I don't, not even stepdad. I guess stepdad. Stepdad, yeah. Fondling her butt? That's the later part, though. That's, okay. That, yeah. But yeah, that's the weird thing because it doesn't seem like they foreshadow it at all. It's just like suddenly he's like peeking under her shower. But it's weird, too, because she has a, a, a towel and a robe on, whatever. But yeah. You got skeezy mom. She reminds me of the mom, if you've ever seen Ready to Rumble, when she's like, I got an itchy crotch. And just, yeah, almost like a caricature. But then I was like, okay, how does this girl go to private school? Like, how do they afford to pay for her tuition? My thinking is they have to live like that so she can. You think that those two parents are selfless enough to live like shit. So they could pay for their daughter to go to school? I do not think so. I don't think so. Not I say it out loud. Anyway, maybe she's on a scholarship. Yeah. I have no idea. A pity scholarship. She doesn't <laughs> seem that smart. But I was just like, what? This, this does not make sense. Anywho. So then they take a quote unquote field trip. Wait, is this the point where we see her blow up the microwave? Or is that later? That's way later. Okay, yeah. sorry. That's after she gets invoked with uh, Manon okay. Yeah, sorry. Say it. Menomino. No, you have to do the do 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 do. Thank you. Jeez. Sorry. I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this episode. Whoa. Oh. Um, so then the girls are on the bus, and I asked you if you thought this was supposed to be symbolism. Two of the girls are wearing color, two of them are wearing all black. Then you didn't think so. Um, I mean, if we want to I, I was trying to think of like co- the colors that they were wearing. I know that Nancy has red glasses. sunglasses and I was like, okay, maybe that's symbolism like kind of like her inner demons. Okay. Or maybe she was just trying to look cool or maybe it was just 90s fashion. Anyway, I but then I was like, okay, maybe it's the four seasons, like are there colors coordinating with, you know, that mm. uh, anyway. Didn't yeah. I think that it, I think we're reading into it too much. I, do, I agree. I think that Nancy's ascetic is clearly just meant to be like the Sandman's sister, Death. If you've ever read any of those comics, which I don't think that you have. No. But if you'd ever like to, I have a Comixology account that's linked to your Amazon Prime. So just be sure to let me know. <laughs> so then we get the famous line of the movie. Watch out for those weirdos, girls. We are the weirdo, mister. What'd you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was a did you like it, though? I did. You can get a tattoo for it? No. Okay. But I feel like that, like, that is a very iconic scene, you mm-hmm. know, because, like, you see that in all, the, like, the... the um, Promotional stuff. Yeah, movie posters and things like that. I'm like, oh, it's good. It's good. It's not bad. I feel like it kind of aged a little bit hokily, but at the time, I imagined it being kind of badass. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it's also weird because it's, like, shot. From his perspective, so they're, she's kind of far away, and she's, like, trying to be sultry, and it's like, you just got off of a public bus, <laughs> child. And then it cuts to them chanting in a field, where they do the uh, blood oath, and they're like, enter this circle, stab yourself in the neck, or don't be a pussy. Do you remember that? Yeah. I'm paraphrasing. Yes, you are. It gets to the part where Nancy then, okay, I'm going to throw some things at you. Don't look at the notes. Okay. So, she quirls the dagger up over her head and points it to the heavens as, after everybody's gotten in the circle. As from above, so below. Some, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So she points it up. If I say, I have the power, do you know what that is? Just say yes or no. Uh, no. Okay. If I say, Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. No. Okay. He-Man, is this 
Yeah, He-Man. Okay. That's, that's the first one. The second one was Thundercats. Okay, but so I, I just, didn't know the first one. When she shoved the blade up in the air, the first thing that happens is I think of He-Man. second thing is Thundercats. third thing is a uh, poster for Star Wars. Oh, yes. I realized, I was like, it must be that my brain is like starved for masculine like, <sighs> stupidity at this wow. point. Because okay. I was just like... All of these dumb boyish things came to mind, and I think that it was just strangulation of my brain. But keep or going. you can just see that how you know films have been dominated by men, and that's the only thing that you can think of. Oh dang! Yeah. Sorry, you just dropped some knowledge on me, girl. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm a Y chromosome ap- apologist now, <laughs> but uh, we get to the part where they're doing the blood oath. And this is where it's very concerning to me. Like, I would wish that they would say something about Bonnie scarring and be like, yes, it is definitely fire. Because if she has some kind of bloodborne pathogen, I don't want to be drinking her blood. I don't want my friend drinking her blood. We're not doing this. You get the CGI butterflies. That's cute. Well, when they're actually doing their little, like chant before like after they each take their like go go into the circle i think that's the first time where i realized like something's a mess here because nancy instead of saying we says i so that kind of gave me a little clue as to like uh think that there's gonna be an issue shoddy ain't right yeah we then show up with chris and he's clearly under her spell she makes him carry the books Oh, wait, we, did we say what they were all wanting? Do we want to do that or does it matter? Yeah, that's good. So they, right, so Nancy obviously, like, invokes, she wants all, everything. She all wants to, in, yes, she wants all the power. Rochelle wants to be treated like a human being. <laughs> but then somehow, rightfully so, by saying Laura Lizzie's name, turns her into, what's the the guy who's a squib from Harry Potter with a cat? You know what I'm talking about? The groundskeeper guy who's always, like, gurgling in the background. Oh, God. She turns him into that fucking yes. guy. And then Sarah wants, I don't know, world peace. And Bonnie wants to not be a hideous, you know, conveniently scarred monster person. Pretty much. I think that was so good. And then we end up with the Chris under the spell. We Sorry. then go to the, oh, yeah, the light as a feather, stiff as a board. We get a vaginal copulation joke. <laughs> We get an, a fat joke, and she falls and says, ow, my butt. Yes. Wow. The writing in this movie is so high level. Again, I think this is what men think, like, girl sleepovers are like. Yeah. But they're not actually like that. I don't imagine so. You guys are too busy like, using pillow maybe, fights no, and stuff in, in your like, panties. No, maybe in, like, middle school. You know, but, like, they're supposed to be in high school. Yeah. But they're clearly 40. It's right. weird. Well, yeah. So then they're watching Bewitched, which is a kind of cute thing. I did like that. I asked you at this point of the movie if watching it made you want to own a choker. You said no. Now that the movie's over, how do you feel? Still no. Okay, moving on. Laura gets her hair pulled out. They make fun of her for having split ends and saying she's not a natural blonde. Then she pulls off the swim cap and she's got like balding and she's got sores and it's gross and it looks like my head underneath my hair, I imagine. <laughs> As I pick off a piece of what is clearly dandruff and moving on. What did you think of that? Was it gross? Yeah, I mean, it was gross. and But it wasn't, like, overly gruesome, you know? It, it wasn't, was like, very the faculty was they rip off the lady's scalp. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, interestingly enough, like, this movie, they had done all of the things that they needed to do to get the rating to be PG-13, right? Because that's why, I, thinking back through this movie, I'm like, yeah, a lot of the things just weren't that severe. 
Like, that makes sense because they were trying to go for a PG-13 rating. But, in a, you know, they decided, the Academy, or who, I don't know who decides. NBA, you know, yeah. uh, decides. <laughs> the Oscars. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know that much about film. You're getting there. So they decide to make it an R-rated movie because it has to deal with teenage girls. And the corruption teenage. of the youth. Yes. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And, you know, like knowing that it kind of made sense, like why everything would seemed very subtle yeah. and not overly done. Because I could see it like just like oozing or, oh, you know, like sure. pussy and bloody or whatever. But it was just like very like, oh, oh, yeah, her hair is falling out. Yeah. Or she could have died. I mean, there's so much like, you know, when you think about how many on screen deaths there are, it's pretty minimal for what you would call yeah. a horror movie, especially yeah. R rated. Uh, we then go to the doctor's office and Bonnie's like scarring just like melts away disappears kind of like those meringue cookies that you made me when i dipped it into some tea <laughs> it like disappeared but anyway um, magic i would really love if like she whispered to her mom and she's like mom it's magic and the doctor overheard and she's like no it's science <laughs> enough that with this bullshit good. enough with no, your likes and players on facebook i am going to make millions of dollars because i just discovered <laughs> gene therapy that actually works so we go to back to school and Bonnie suddenly like titty bounce in. Sorry, I'm my pedicure pedicure ran long. Uh, I'm like little Miss Thing, and then yes. Mister They Should Learn Mexican is like. Bada, bada. Yep. Uh, what do you think of that juxtaposition of the doctor's office to this? I felt it was appropriate. You know, like I get it. She she feels pretty now, and so she's got to show it off, and you know, works out in, in teenage fashion. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. I'm surprised she wasn't wearing something skimpier, to be honest with you. That, that's the, you know, that's why we have the uniforms in place. So then we get to Nancy's trailer. She gets out of the shower. She's going into the fridge. Okay. Yes, now. Pervy hands. The mom slaps the guy's hand. And he's like, don't you have a fucking hand, hey! And he throws her onto the couch and he's right. like going to so bop he, her. Yeah. And then the microwave explodes. Then what happens? Blows up. And then she, like, looks at the the stepdad and makes him have a heart attack. Yeah, I, it felt like... So this is the way I took it. And tell me if you agreed. The, like, surge of power that blows up the microwave, I feel like that gets his attention. And I feel like she then makes him have a heart attack. No, yes. It's not the stress of the situation. No. Right? Because I could see how it would be perceived like she accidentally kills him. But I don't think so. I think she, she like, stops and stares directly yes. at him and is like... I thought die. that it was very purposeful. You fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. So then they get a like. Whole... I felt like it was like you weren't going to touch my mom again, kind of situation. Yeah. Or my ass. Or that. Exactly. And they get a whole life pension of one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, which I think in today's money is still less than <laughs> yeah, like three hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. But um, they both cackled with glee in front of the insurance guy. Like if we've watched enough forensic files, <laughs> where the first thing I do if I'm that insurance guy is like, "Uh, hello, police." Yeah, um, I think that they did this on purpose. Um, yeah, I thought that was very weird. Probably because we watched so many forensic files. I'm like, they're they would think that this is very suspicious, and they just handed the money over to them. I don't think so. Suspect number one. Uh, but then they see like you see them in this like super fancy apartment afterwards and i'm just like okay you didn't make that much money mm -hmm. like let's be realistic with our yeah especially you here. don't buy property you rent an apartment like how fucking short-sighted <laughs> and then also so she the mom spends a bunch of money on this retro couch she buys a, uh, a 
jukebox that yeah. only plays Connie Francis records. Yeah. So I guess again to your point, like she's this hedonist, selfish, you know, very short-sighted individual. So why I would think that she would pay for Nancy's education is beyond me. But as the girls are walking up to the apartment, Bonnie is suddenly catcalling dudes. <laughs> And he said, yeah, he, she says that the guy, she tells him not to be shy, and she says he has a nice ass. Yes, I thought it was very I just had to laugh. Like, was it good? I, I did. I thought did you feel good. empowered as a lady? No, I did not feel empowered. Did you him. feel tempted to tell me to ask if I had two hams down the back of my pants when I got up? No. Just wanted to walk you, watch you walk away, honey. This is how into equality I am. I didn't know a good cat call off the top of my head, so I <laughs> said something about hams in my pants. So, hope that ingratiates me to you, my love. Um, then, so yeah, Veruca Salt mimes shooting her mom in the head with a shotgun, and I was really expecting that she would accidentally kill her mom too, as a sense of like consequence, like she'd have oh, a temper tantrum, and then mom goes flying out of the palatial window. But that didn't happen. Mm. Bonnie makes a bigger titty joke when they're doing the glamour for the first time. Yeah. Have you and your uh, and then Veruca Salt makes a smaller ass joke. Have yeah. you or your friends ever made those kinds of jokes around each other ever? No, but I thought it was very weird that she was like, yeah, I want a smaller ass. But she had no ass. Did yeah. you notice that? In those little tiny black pants? I'm like, what What the hell? Officially on the record, I only have eyes for you. So, <laughs> uh, But no, yeah, that was no ass. This is where you get the great scene with her doing the hair. And when, you know, first she does her eyes and the girls are like, I Not don't fucking enough. know. They pull an Elton John and they're like, are they green or are they blue? I don't know. And she's like, neither. They're brown. And they're like, wow. Cool. So dope. So she does the hair. And the first thing I think of, again, going back to my Neanderthalic male brain, <laughs> is the movie Total Recall. There's a scene where this secretary is like tapping her nails and they paint like different colors. And I thought, oh, that's what that's like. And I didn't even bother telling you then. And I'm only saying this on the record now so that our male listeners are like, yeah, Total Recall, mutant chick with three tits. So yeah, we'll move on. You don't seem wowed. No. What do you think of the effect? Was it dope? No, I thought that was a good effect. It was fun. I like how she shakes it, shakes it back. And then we get there's the scene with the driving, and they're gonna they're blowing through all the red lights, or that are turning green at the last minute. And Nancy goes crazy with power and almost kills them. Mm-hmm. So you get the kind of divide starts, and Sarah goes to the shopkeep. And she says, true magic is neither black nor white. It's both because nature is both loving and cruel all at the same time. The only good or bad lies within the heart of the witch. Life keeps a balance all its own. Do you think that's a nice little thing? Did you like that as like a a moral in and of itself? I did. I I thought it was, you know, kind of summed up. Good lesson. Yeah, like it's not the overarching theme of the movie, but it's nice that there's a little part that I thought was a nice piece of perspective that kind of shows that she's already veering and it's like a positive reinforcement that shows because she doesn't get anything out of listening to that lady, but this, you know, inspiration. It made me like the, the shopkeep more. Yeah. Do you want to know my theory about the shopkeep? Oh yeah. She's Manon. Oh, wow. She is the physical embodiment thereof because she's never threatened or anything. She never gets attacked. She shows uh, Sarah, and then huh. it's only after showing Sarah that Sarah is capable of getting you know, the incarnation of herself. Manon knew that Sarah's mom was a witch just by looking at a ring. She's pretty omniscient throughout. She's the one who sets forth the rule that whatever you give, you get back threefold. I like it. 
I think that's a good one. I do this with every movie. You put on Hotel Transylvania 3 for a baby, and I was like, hmm, uh, let's... Wouldn't it be fun if this character and that character... It's very exhausting being as stupid as I am. <laughs> I, I, that's the thing. I don't think that I'm necessarily that stupid. I think that I have just this paranoid fear that something's going over my head, so I just yes. overthink everything. Yes. One of my favorite practical effects in the whole movie is when Veruca Salt is looking in the book, and the book starts to animate, and you yes, see the storm. Yes, that was very fun. It's super subtle, but it just worked really well. Um, and then they go off to do a seance on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was frustrating to me. Rochelle has a little Nemo in a bag. Bonnie has a butterfly. Sarah has a parakeet. And Nancy, of course, has a snake. Yes. Then they all fucking die. And yeah. she kills Nemo in front of me. I was not emotionally prepared for that. Uh, Nancy gets struck by lightning. And then it cuts and she's walking on water. Mm-hmm. A lot happens there. Mm-hmm. Anything that you want to psychoanalyze or delve into? <laughs> or we just kind of move along? <laughs> The part that struck me the most after that was all the dead sharks on the beach. Super sad, right? I was upset by that. That's what it looks like every time they finish one of those Sharknado movies. Oh, God. They just leave <laughs> litter everywhere. Damn it. Yeah, sci-fi's bad with power. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It was very weird when she starts screaming, This is a gift! These are my gifts! And I loved that, like, she went full bore crazy. <sighs> And then dials it back. Yes. I was like, that kind of sucks. I kind of wish that she just kept it at like a simmering nine for the rest of the movie mm-hmm. until it gets to that 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but she like full goes and then dials it back and it's just not as fun. But I whatever. agree. Uh, we end up, Sarah's worried about paying for the things that they've done. She gets dismissed. We cut to Laura, Lizzie, bald and bleeding. And she, it just keeps falling out. I don't understand it. What did I do to deserve this? It's like, come on. You know. You're saying this to the person you called an Edinburgh. Right. That's not good. I could not. I was like, really? You don't know why you deserve this. But then there's a really fun idea of an effect that was kind of weak, which was when Rochelle like turns, but her sh- her reflection is delayed. Do you remember that? I don't think it was just delayed. It just stared in the same direction. Like it wasn't looking back at her. It looked off. Well, she was, she was looking at Laura, and so both her and her reflection are looking forward, and then one of them turns and turns and walks away, but then the other, it just took a while. But it, oh, was, an, okay. it was an effect, but okay. whatever. Um, that was fun. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the most brilliant execution, but it shows that, like, something is awry, mm-hmm. and especially something aesthetic. Right. So they have the disagreement. They turn their backs on me. It's not true friendship, she says. Uh, this is when Sarah's finally given in and having the talk with Chris in his car. Because uh, they finally go on a date after he's been enamored with her, you know, since the thing, you know, he he's singing prose up to her window at three in the morning. And I was literally, as I'm starting to type about him having great comedic timing, because he's like, I don't even know what I'm saying. He just, he's fawning over her and agreeing with everything. Suddenly a rape attempt. And I was like, what the yeah. ever loving fuck? That made me uncomfortable. Super uncomfortable. It's- but then, <laughs> okay. So this this is going to be weird. The music in that scene where she's like running through the forest, like trying to escape him, mm-hmm. was very out of place to me. Did you feel like that? I don't even remember what it was. I was very uncomfortable. I, I get like, super weird about that stuff. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised you didn't notice like the, the music. So anyway, I felt like it was very like porno music. Yeah. And then I was just like, they've probably done a porno of this movie. 
Um, I think they did a drag queen parody, but I don't know that it's feature length because I remember Sharon Needles from um, our girl from RuPaul. Mm -hmm. She plays, I think, Veruca Salt. I have to double check that. Put a pin in it. I'll come back to it. But anyway. I'm not really worried about it, but it was just the music to me. That's what stuck to my mind. And I was like, why? What? What? What choice? Anyway. Yeah. So let's move on. I'm happy to move on and never touch that topic again. Sorry. I'm glad that you don't, or you're not aware of a porno. (laughs) Yeah, or at least that I'm going to admit to on the record. Well, that's true. I officially don't know what Veruca Salt's (laughs) butt looks like. Uh, So then he hides out at his friend's party after trying to rape someone. You know, like you do. Chris approaches Nancy, who goes on a revenge plot, asking if she's seen Sarah. She's like, oh yeah, Sarah's upstairs, come on. She tries to seduce him Mm -hmm. this is where we get the dick biting line which adds to my theory then the gang shows up laura talks to rochelle and she's like hey how's it going with her really bad wig oh which is like her atoning for her sin and rochelle's just kind of like okay she doesn't seem to like have learned anything she seems very hesitant but i feel i kept thinking that she was going to be the one who would turn and help sarah and she never really does which is kind of weird but then, see, I'm not the only one that wants them to like reach out and help each other. Oh, I didn't want it to be kumbaya. I wanted it to be like a tag team match. Like I grew oh. up watching pro wrestling, and so a three on one handicap is bullshit. Which okay, no. what you need is a, a good old tornado tag match. And then you got Nancy doing the glamour to seduce Skeet Ulrich. What do you think of that? I like that Sarah walked in and it, she saw like herself, obviously, because of the glamour. I thought that was a good scene. Like, I don't know. I would have lost it at that point. I'd be like, oh, hell no. But it's interesting, too. Like, I know at this point she doesn't like him anymore because she's just like, ugh, over it. Like, just be done. And she's trying to figure out how she can, like, reverse this because she feels bad for him. Right? Even after the attempted rape, which is just weird. Yeah, and she's told it just kind of has to run its course because you can't just end love. Right. interesting. Um. And I also love that they call it love. It's not just infatuation Ugh. or like some, they call it love. And I'm like, that's not what love no. is. No. I want to know what love is. Um, <laughs> that probably would have been a more appropriate song. That, no, because then you ruin that song for me. <laughs> uh, so this is where you get the really creepy uh, Veruca Salt on her toes dragging yes. as she like fl- flies towards him. Um, and then she just shoots him out a window. And kills him. But what I, my favorite part of that whole scene is the perspective of the camera colliding with the concrete. You know, thus you're experiencing the the crushing Impact. blow. Right. Um, and no consequence. Nope. They, Nothing. No investigation. No, no yeah. right. Come on now. A little weird. I mean, I imagine that there's hair everywhere and... Or maybe maybe they just were like, oh, he was attacking me. And, you know, I pushed him and he fell out the window. I don't know. But I mean, nothing. who knows? Right. But I mean, I guess that's probably one of the things that they could use their witchcraft and glamour or whatever. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of glad they didn't bog it down, you know, because I, I wasn't sitting there crying over the attempted rapist right. murdering like, fiesta. Hey. Next. So then the three witches enter Sarah's room in a dream and they try and strangle her. I was like, all right, that's cool. What happens next? Did you think that was symbolism, like, like her conflict? Did you feel like at that point she's feeling ganged up on by them and that's why she's having this dream? Or do you think that they actually were trying to, like, in their magical ways do that? 
in her dream. Well, in the immediately as it's happening, I think she's just paranoid. Right. But then when Bonnie later asks, like, oh, how you sleeping? I was like, oh, okay, bitch. right. Okay. I see That's you. I, I smell what you're doing. I smell what you're stepping in. Okay. You got Nancy telling her if she leaves the circle that you know in olden days, witches would have killed. People that um, left the coven. And betrayed her because she's. this is after she tries to do the binding. And she's like, how about we don't try and put spells on me, bitch? I thought that was great. I thought so, too. Because she wasn't there. So she, like, knew that she was trying to. Because she has the power of. Sarah goes back to the shop and the shopkeep takes her back. There's a sweet ass pentagram made of black light tiles, which is tits. Going to install one of those in the kitchen. Uh, Sarah is told that her mom is a witch too. Uh, she tells her that she needs to evoke the spirit, but then there's a glamour of an explosion, so they run away. Again, going to my theory that the shopkeep is Manon because they can't actually do any damage to her or the shop, uh, and thus whatever. I really like that theory. I think it's fun. They do a glamour telling Sarah that uh, her dad died in a plane crash. Oh, that was fucked. good. Because well, at first, I don't think it's a glamour. I'm like, exactly. I was like, they killed how many people to kill one white fool? No. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy moly. And then I felt really sad for her because then she's all alone. Because her mom's also dead. Yeah. Very sad. But. She doesn't just... even have Snake Man to hang out with anymore. I know. Bullshit. No one. <laughs> so then the really fun part starts, yeah, right? Yeah, seriously. This is the main event. Yes. And I think that this is like one of my favorite rising action climax resolutions in a 90s movie in a while i agree so you take over this is all you i feel like i've talked a lot so then basically all these animals start coming out of the woodworks and you see snakes and you see maggots and you see uh tarantulas and you see scorpions and cockroaches and missing two more oh no um rats yep and uh, the villain from Amazing Spider-Man 2. Spiders? No. No. The villain. Lizards. Oh, lizards. That's right. It's okay. Uh, there was like one like little pot of them. I'm like, eh, whatever. There was lots of snakes though. Yeah, like Indiana Jones status up here. Because you told yes. me before that you'd read the stat like 30,000 snakes. No, 3,000. 3,000. Well, I was like, fuck, where are those going to come from? Because at, at the time you told me that stat, we had seen one on screen snake. <laughs> right. And I was like... I don't know. I feel like that's a gross over. Like maybe 3,000 frames of film with a snake, not 3,000 snakes. Then we get to Nancy slashing the wrist the wrong way. So you have to take it over from here because I'm going to slam my head against this wall for a couple minutes. <laughs> so Nancy threatens Rochelle. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah, I don't even know. Just a hard tart with a picture that moves. Yeah. I don't know. I think the most part that struck, I don't know. I feel like it worked better in the illustration in the book than it worked with the yes. picture, right? Yeah. Uh, and I was kind of like sad that they used it again because I'm like, oh, we already saw this. Do we really? Are we doing this again? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Do I you think that it was effective? No. No. I mean, I expected it to happen the first time. Like, I truly expected when she put the picture out when she first moves into the house that, like, the picture would look at her as she turned her head away or something that, like, to show that she had this natural, like, she was imbued with magic from a very beginning without even trying. Because it's kind of implied. Like, Nancy is hung, power hungry, and she wants everything. And then you have Sarah, who's just a natural. 
And I feel like there's so many great stories of envy. Like you like that movie Rush, mm-hmm. where you have Chris Emsworth with the hot ass, and then the guy who's Baron Zemo, who's like, "I will be the best ever, and I will burn myself alive to do this." Um, it's kind of like with Nancy, like she's like she's really into like guzzle diseased blood, and invoke <laughs> fucking Manon Manon. Okay, she's willing to do all that, and Sarah's just like, "Hey, I'm really good at this." Right. It's like, well, it's like it's, natural. Yeah, it's, it's Malfoy versus Potter, where you're like, "I really want to be good," and the other one's just like, "Dude, isn't it crazy how great I am at yeah, everything?" Yeah. I'm a great seeker. Yeah. And all this shit. Okay, and invokes blood. Oh yeah, she invokes Manon, Manon, and then the bloods and the cuts disappear on the wrists. Wah wah. That was a bad effect. It was. We knew it was going to happen, right? I was expecting a better effect. I think that's one of the things that annoyed me because it looked like blotches. It didn't look like blood. And so if, like, they would have done a cool effect with it trickling backwards or something, I don't know. It it was very weak. But at that point, I feel like you've used a lot of budget on some of these effects because, like, you use... Anyway, keep going. I think the next good effect was where Nancy is, like, coming to look for her now, Mm -hmm. right? And then she steps out out of the mirror like she touches her right because yeah. she's looking at her through the mirror well she's in the mirror and she reaches out and touches her and then like steps out of the mirror and that was very cool and then take on me starts playing right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh nancy then gets covered in bugs and it, her fingers and hair turn to what snakes and then there's bugs in the mouth oh yeah that was good that was fun do you think that they were actually in her mouth Not like she had to do what do you think how did they do that I feel like they probably just had fake Green ones. Green screen? Maybe, maybe fake ones and put a superimposed couple on. Because the ones that are crawling on her feet didn't look real either. It reminded me of, if you've seen Spawn, John Leguizamo eats pizza with maggots on it. And they made a big deal about him actually eating maggots. But then like stuff surfaced later on that it was computer generated <laughs> and people were really pissed. But I don't think that she had to do that. Okay. And I thought this was really great when Nancy apologizes to her. Like you knew that this was a little bit of playing possum, but I thought it was good. What do you think? Eh. So then Nancy tries to stab. I didn't. I At this point, I was just like, all right, we know what's happening. Wrap here. it up, bitches. <laughs> Seriously. We're not going to double overtime on this. I don't know. Not going to be a shutout tonight. <laughs> that's how I felt. That. Maybe that's just me, though. Because I'm just Pull like, the goalie. Okay, we all know what's going to happen. Lead. Like, let's move it along. Rapido. Nancy tries to stab Sarah and she flies across the room and slams through the wall and papers are whirling around. That was really fun. I like that effect a lot. Yes. Because the violent I think rush I like of that was your, your reaction was just like, whoa, yeah. like cool. Yeah. So that I, I enjoyed hearing that. It was cool. Uh, it I like a... seeing your reaction because you're, you seem always very like calm and just like contemplative oh, yeah. during these movies. And so when I actually get a reaction out of you, I'm like, oh, this. This is good. Yeah, well, you got a couple out of me. Yeah, you got the car. You got this yeah. one. I like the the finger snakes. So that was super fun. There are some really interesting effects in this movie. Like I was very pleasantly surprised. I went in this with low expectations, and it really stunned me. So, mm-hmm. so then, that... oh, are we moving on? Are you? Yeah, go she, ahead. Go she's ahead. crushed by the dresser, or she thinks that she crushes Sarah with yes. the dresser. And then what happens? Well, and then then she like finds the clothes that she was in, and you're like, oh, she's disappeared. Mm-hmm. She's naked somewhere. No. Hell yeah. <laughs> then we get the porn parody we were meant to have. Flopping no, titties then she's around. Just, she's invisible, right? And then she, like, comes visible again. No, I feel like she deflated and she reinflated like she was a cartoon. Oh. Like Looney Tunes. After then the why didn't you see her face? Well, it's, it's just a joke, babe. Oh, okay. 
You got to roll with the punches here. You can't psychoanalyze what I'm saying. Well, I, I thought there was like some effect that I wasn't seeing because I, you know, oh, I was feeling self-conscious. I'm like, what? Oh. How did I miss that? Confidence Bay. Anyway. Uh... Oh, yeah. Actually, I put a note. Wife's crazy exclamations during the movie. When her clothes are there, you exclaimed, oh, shit, she's naked somewhere. See? <laughs> so good. That was so fun. <laughs> Um, so anyway. So she reappears and she mule kicks Nancy into a mirror, which is fucking <laughs> And great. it breaks and shatters. And then there's just like this, uh, this effect of like, the, like glass shattering down the screen. And I'm so like, weak. Oh, yeah. And then so going back, the way that we established that, that Sarah is suddenly badass, she doesn't have to harm or kill Bonnie and Rochelle. She, they're like walking down the hall hallway yep. and then they look in the mirror and they threefold. And so you got the fucking Phantom of the Opera with the scarred face. Yeah. And then Rochelle. The only thing that happens to her, I don't see how it's threefold because she has more hair still than Laura Lizzie has. But whatever. She just realizes. She's like missing some of her hair. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's kind of weak. I expected something a little more gangrenous there. but they Okay, that was fun. also a glamour. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they, they talk to her at the end of the movie and they have their hair. And right. she still has. Even when they walk down the stairs, yeah. it's fine. They're fine. And then they have no fucking consequence. We'll get to that. So anyway, we'll get, so she finishes binding Nancy and um, not in the kinky way, not in a porn parody way. Yeah. It's just like, all right, you're not powerful anymore. And then what happens? The, then they apologize. Yeah. Is that we're, we're now to that point? Yeah. It's kind of abrupt where I think it's like Sarah's moving away and they're like, hey, you want to hang out? And I was like, why would she want to hang out before she's moving? But whatever. I thought it was interesting that they're moving again, though. It seemed like it, right? I don't know if maybe... I don't know. They're just going on a day trip somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I th- I don't think they're moving again. I okay. think that they, I think the dad, I think they really did go on a trip. Like, I thought the dad and the mom went on a trip. And then, so they were just coming back from with their stuff. But maybe, I don't know. Anyway. Um, Bonnie's wearing long sleeves to show she's regained her modesty. That's kind of funny. Yes. She's realized her ways. But they, the whole thing that was, we watched Sarah's dad walk by and I was like, oh, thank God he was alive. Oh, right. Whatever would I, I do know. if this fictional character was dead? It was already upsetting that they weren't like all pals. And then if her dad was also dead, I would have been like, "Ugh, this That's is right. too much. See, this is, we live in a post 9-11 world where I'm like, <laughs> eh, planes fall out of sky all the time. But back in the 90s. <laughs> so then they explain that the t- I love that they have. It's not enough that he walks by in the background and he's fine. <laughs> right, She's like, like, it was a TV glamour. And like, yuck, yuck. No shit. Yeah. I figured that. <laughs> Uh, and then they talk about how they no longer have any powers. But like, hey, if you want to chant together, like, what the fuck kind of chant are we going to do? <laughs> like, I hate you now. Yeah. We're not friends. Seriously. I, mean, I don't need you in Maybe my they life. were talking about, like, they were going to start a, a youth crew hardcore band. <laughs> and they needed her for gang vocals. Because that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> in the fact that it makes no sense. <laughs> and uh, so then to show that she still has the power... She uses her He-Man Grayskull powers and she lightning strikes the tree and it falls and it almost hits them. And she's like, I got you, bitch. Mm-hmm. And then you can finish the ending because I think that it was a great ending. Well, after, right, they, she drops a branch on them. She's like, be careful. You'll end up like Nancy. And then you see her in a psych ward, right? Mm-hmm. Chained to a bed. And she, I think that is the best acting for her in the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like this is her 
at an 11, and I feel like that's what the character needs. Yes. I, she doesn't have that the subtlety in the acting chops. Or maybe it's also that she doesn't have the time in the movie to rev it up appropriately. Yeah, maybe. Because um, she already starts off kind of crazy. She just peaks and valleys quite a bit. But this is, like, this is great. And it's fun because she's the way she's saying these things, and the fact that she's saying them so passionately, like, I can fly, I can fly, and all this stuff. And she's getting injected, and she's, like, looking totally makes up for the worst makeup in the entire movie that looks like somebody just smeared some lipstick on her face to show that she was cut by mirrors. Yeah, that is is true. What do you think of the camera angle as it's descending? I mean, I felt like the descent into madness too, which I Oh, absolutely. I thought, like I said, I think that's one of the best like scenes with her, the whole movie. It was, it was a good ending. I liked that ending. So here on slashers, when we do an award, it's, you got the classic, slashic, and tragic. And classic being it's a good, good movie. Slashic being it's a good, bad movie. Tragic being it's a bad, bad movie. Um, if you'd like, I can elaborate that, uh, give you even further hockey puns, or we can just stick with that. Uh, what category would you put this movie in and why? I I don't know. I feel biased. I mean, I've read a lot about how people feel about this now. And like you were saying, it was it did well. Mm. So I, I would say probably I would put it in a classic movie just because, it, you know, it did well in the box office. I thought it was an overall good movie considering it came out in the 90s. Like if I think if I would have watched it, you know, when it came out, I would have liked it even more. But it kept my attention and the acting was you know, decent. And I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. I think actually hearing you say that out loud, I was like, I would put it in that category. It's obviously not going to be American Werewolf in London on our right, current, right, right, right. it's not going to dethrone, but it wasn't a movie that was, I felt good, bad. Like it was good, good. It was, I didn't ever find myself laughing at it. it I, I laughed with it. I thought that the effects were good. I thought the story was good. It moved quickly. Mm-hmm. It had enough substance to where I could kind of extrapolate like yeah. with my Manon theory. Yeah. Um, and the soundtrack was really good. It was very fun. It, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I, I'm very surprised at how much I like this movie. Because like I said, I'm clearly not the demographic for it. But apparently I'm probably the age and gender of the people who helped make the movie. Um, <laughs> and or of the age of the person that was pretending to be in high school. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Uh, parlay view France laid. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I actually uh, would definitely recommend this movie. You can find it online in a lot of places. Super cheap. Uh, you do you want to tell them the fun trivia about the uh, How Soon Is Now cover that's in this movie? You're looking at me like you don't remember. I've already forgotten it. No. <laughs> it became the theme song for Charm. Yes, yes. Which I, I vaguely know is about witches. Yeah. So, I, I I mean, like I said, I think that this was well received, mm. obviously. like, And it went on to affect other 90s, you know, witchy entertainment. That's good. Or female-led, you know, because Charmed was also a female-led cast. So I thought that was appropriate. So are you saying that you were bewitched by the movie? (laughs) Sure. Thank you. Uh, As we end, would you like to use a sign off? I believe last time you said goodbye from my husband and his knife. Yeah. That was good. Do you want to try again? No. Okay. So then for my wife, for myself, I will remind you to go out and do something that you love. And remember that all work and no power play makes Jack a dull boy.
Manamana. <laughs>